0: Who you are, young lady? You certainly know how to handle yourself. Well, bad girl, bad girl, bad girl.
1: Yes,
0: bad girl. Biff Bam Pow. This is Batman Land. Our purpose here is quite serious. Each week we chat about the 1966 Batman TV shows. We might as well get a
1: few laughs out of it.
0: We discuss the episodes airing this week on SBS Viceland. My name is Dan Barris. I work on an SBS website here called The Guide. And by Jove, I'm joined this week by a man who typifies the British invasion. It's Nick Bessine. And I say to you, get a haircut, you hippie. It's lovely to be here, Governor. Oh no, there's going to be a lot of that this week, isn't there? Well, it seems appropriate. Very much so. Now, Nicholas Bussain, we are talking about two episodes of Batman, very special events where the Bat crew went to merry old England or London, Londonium, Londinium, That's right. Man, I'm going to struggle with that one through this podcast. We have two episodes, the Londinium Larcenies, which aired on the 23rd of November, 1967 and The Foggiest Notion, which aired on the 30th of November, 1967. Nicholas Bussain, I remember these episodes from being a kid, and everything I know about London came from these two episodes of Batman. Well,
1: I had a a wonderful time, and I I learned a great deal. Uh, There are all kinds of things about the UK that I did not know that Mm -hmm. I learned from these two episodes. Like what? Um, Everyone says, Governor, governor. Come on, governor. Everyone ends their sentences with what? (laughs) <laughs> yes everyone looks like the chimney sweep in uh, Mary Poppins sure I could go on
0: and I wish you would but we don't have time for that we need to delve into this epic episode of Batman now this is a three part episode we're only going to talk about the two first two parts here yeah so strap yourself in <sighs> next week we are doing part three of this but part three of this actually has a fairly sad nose in which we say goodbye to a beloved Batman family member um, Alfred is murdered. Uh, I think that's the episode after, oh. but next week we say goodbye to aunt Harriet, who makes her final appearance in the series. Oh, is that a goodbye? Mm. Well, I don't know if they actually say goodbye to her in the series, but it is her last appearance in the
1: show. It would be nice if the whole cast during the show said goodbye to her in each of their scenes with her.
0: Yeah. But because it's said in Londonium, each of them say cheerio, gov. Cheerio. Tally ho. Do you want to know, um, what happened in these episodes? look, I don't remember a single thing that happened, so Nick, please, do us the honor. Okay, here we go. okay so in Londinium, the mother from Mary Poppins and some other English guy steal some
1: jewels and eggs. Oh, Mama, dear. How utterly divine. Covering their tracks with a pipe that makes fog.
0: Exactly, Batman. My pipe of fog.
1: The President of the United States, for some reason, asks Batman to investigate. The
2: Cape Crusader from the colonies. So
1: he brings the Batcave Robin and the rest of the cast with him to Londinium.
2: I- I think two weeks in
0: Londinium would be delightful, Daddy.
1: Batman and Robin take a look at Lord Fogg and Lady Pea Soup's lawn.
2: A handsome fog lawn, Lord Fogg.
1: And finishing school, which is actually teaching young women how to shoplift. After they leave, they're accosted by Lord Fogg's henchmen in the countryside and fight.
2: Will make mince me out of him.
1: Batgirl bails them out as usual. I
2: don't want her to think we can't fight our own battle.
1: When they get back to the portable Bat Cave, they are overwhelmed by some fog, which could, I assume, kill them. Holy It doesn't kill them because they have a fire extinguisher that also extinguishes fog, luckily. A package filled with fog arrives for Batman at the British commissioner guy's office. Yes, it seems about to explode. Uh, Better all stand back. It explodes. The fog people set a trap for Batman and Robin at a pub that's taken over by hippies. Hippies? Hippies.
2: The mod set.
1: Batman tells Robin to wait in the car while he starts a fight with Lord Fog and his goons who capture him and wipe his memory. I'd
2: ask asking for a spot of trouble,
1: sir? Lady Penelope sends her girls to capture Robin who refuses to fight girls. Spoken like a true
0: gentleman, Boy Wonder.
1: Meanwhile, Batgirl sneaks into the cricket pavilion at Fog Place and finds all the stuff they stole. She gets gassed and paralyzed and chained in the dungeon.
0: We're not going to let you go.
1: Alfred restores Batman's memory. I remember
0: everything now. You're Alfred, I'm Batman.
1: He. Saves Robin from being murdered in London Bridge, where they fight Lord Fog and his goons. Fog busts out his fog pipe, and now there's lots of
0: fog,
1: (laughs) which may kill Batman and Robin.
0: Did that help clarify what happened in those episodes? Oh, look, I'm clear as fog. Great. Now, Nick, here's the thing. What I think I took away from these week's episodes, this week's episodes, is this. You can watch Batman as a satire of things that are going on around the world. They play around with cultural artefacts and sometimes they have sort of fairly witty takes on things, but then other times like things just fall flat completely, which is what we've got here. There's a whole bunch of references throughout it to various British things, but I think the reason why the episode doesn't work is because at the time that these episodes were being made, it was part of that British uh, obsession that I think people in the US had. Where well, you had the Beatles there. You had like this sort of real interest in like the swinging 60s from like this British sort of perception. Like James Bond's a big movie. You've got the Beatles. You, you just got it all happening. And I think like maybe the US was too close to being obsessed with England at the time to really pull apart those little nuggets of what makes England such a quirky cultural capital. Well... I think
1: a couple of episodes and eventually three episodes filled with all things British invasion and filled with references to James Bond and um, the Beatles and the monkeys and whatever else would have been fantastic. Well, the monkeys are American, but point taken. Hold on. The monkeys were not American. Hold on. The bad computer
2: though? I have no choice. No way. They
0: were American. Do they have British accents? No, they just had Beatles haircuts. They had American accents, but they were being the Beatles. Well, they had Beatles haircuts, as was the style at the
1: time. Mm, clearly, in my memory, I, d- <laughs> I just don't have this right. That's amazing.
0: Oh my god! Have you ever gone back and watched any old Monkeys TV shows or their movie Head? I re- I watched Head maybe you know who fifteen the, years ago. Or do you know something. who the writer was of Head? Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, <laughs> which I think is just fantastic. <laughs> Wait, the point
1: the point I was trying to make. Sorry, yeah, yeah. was that these episodes are filled with uh, references to stuff that an old, unhip guy would notice. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, there's Sherlock Holmes, there's um, Crown Jewels, you know, just old, stodgy stuff. Noth- none of the cultural stuff that was taken the world by-, by storm at the time.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if what was it? Midway through season two, we had Chad and Jeremy, who were the two British invasion performers right. who came over. That was kind of fun. Like it was sort of the music at the time and it sort of felt like it was current and topical yes. in a way that nothing here does. Chuckingham Palace? Well,
1: what, is, what does that mean? Why did they? And why is it called Londinium was the city's ancient name? It was at one point called Londinium. Oh, really? See, yeah. I, I thought this was just like dumbfounded um, and stuff. ancient Roman times. I only, I learned that because of the Asterix comics.
0: But... <laughs> Which is how I learn a lot about ancient Rome yeah well well, you could do worse but Uh, he had the venerable island yard
1: yeah just what are you doing and why is fog spelled with two f's and two
0: g's i mean i support it i like that but i don't know i don't still get it that being lord marmaduke fog and not the fog of which was surprisingly quite clear when they arrived there in londinium
1: whoever wrote the episodes was obsessed with fog just fog constantly the bad guys got a fog pipe is nuts no meanwhile no um
0: reference to foghorn leghorn
2: what's the bi- i say what's the big idea don't stand there gawking
1: son speak up M- missed ba- opportunity baffling
0: so there are a couple of things i liked about the episode so i'm going to start from a place of positivity I Please enjoy- do. Yeah, I enjoyed right at the beginning. You've got the thing with Dick, of whom is learning the drums. And so he's playing the drums at Stately Wayne Manor. Yeah, and he's got the the mop. He, he's wearing the Beatles hair. Yeah. And there's a great line from Bruce Wayne who's there. And he says, cool oh, it, Ringo. Yeah. I thought that was kind of fun. That was
1: well, That was fun. Yeah, nice Beatles reference. Yeah. It was very optimistic at, at that point, yeah.
0: Interesting moment from that. Alfred refers to Dick on the drums as Master Robin. What? Does he? He does. Excellent, Master Robin. Which is very unprofessional, Alfred Pennyworth. Who else is in that in the room? I mean, they are in their parlour. So I mean maybe within the confines of that parlor, there is the acceptable nature of calling them both Batman and Robin. Do you think that they was can a mistake? Themselves
1: then. Do you think it was a mistake? Absolutely.
0: Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that was kind of interesting. The other thing I liked is I kind of liked that boat trip that they all took with the ridiculousness of Bruce Wayne and Dick happening to be on the same boat (laughs) that Batman and Robin are likely hiding out on somewhere. The entire cast of the show happened to be on that boat. Why are they taking a boat? Why are they taking Chief O'Hara? They didn't. He left.
1: Oh, was he not there? He was just there to bring flowers or something. He just gave Commissioner Gordon something and then he took
0: off.
2: I I just came down to wish you a bon voyage, Bagora. Wasn't
0: he in the office like when they went to- He shows up later. How did he get there then? Either by boat or
1: he swam.
2: Sure, and it was a fine flight I had over. And it's a beautiful city you have here too, Superintendent. I'm only sorry I have to turn right around and go back home. I thought it better for you to convey the minutes of the last convention meeting directly to Mayor Lindsey in person, Chief O'Hara, rather than trust them to the mails. I can't argue about that, Commissioner. There's nothing like an Irish carrier pigeon.
0: (laughs) I find all this very confusing. He's Irish,
1: and the place is Ireland Yard. They didn't make anything out of that.
0: No, not a thing. He didn't say he didn't have anything to say about that. Baffling. So I like the boat trip. I like just the general nature. Why did of they them. take the boat? It doesn't matter. They just took a boat, okay, Nick. That's how you get to Londinium. <laughs> it's just the fact. Does Gotham even have an airport? Possibly not. I mean, they obviously do because Batman and Robin go to the helicopter quite frequently and fly off from an airport. We saw that in the movie. It's canon. But do they even have an airport? Who's to say? I like they go on a boat. I like that when they end up getting to uh, Londinium, they rent out a country estate away from the city, so they can have their own back cave there.
1: It made me think of there's so many um, uh, would you call them graphic novels or just runs in a within the comics mm. where a superhero and Batman does it all the time goes to another country and does and does stuff, but I guess when I'm thinking of it, it's after this, like they're. Their imagination stretched as far as, yeah, he just takes the Batcave with him, as opposed to inventing something cool and different or somehow having Batman inhabit England in a different way. Like they couldn't do it. They had to
0: bring everything over. No, exactly. It'd be fun to see Batman and Robin drive around in a different car. Yeah. It'd be great. Like yeah. Maybe like an old London cab. Have Alfred there <laughs> driving. Like How fun would that be? Yeah. Well, something different. I did feel like they were spending some more money on some of the sets, but they were also clearly using the same. That's the other thing. Like there was a lot of exterior shooting, but it was all still just like Southern California. It's very strange.
1: What I loved about this episode was Glynnis Johns.
0: Yeah. Now you made reference to her earlier being from... Mary uh, Poppins. Poppins. She's the mother in Mary Poppins. Uh, Mrs. Winifred Banks.
1: I don't know if she's exaggerating that accent or if that's just the way she used to talk, but it is captivating. I love it. Maybe it's just because of Mary Poppins, but her persona is just very, I just feel very comfortable. It's very um, easy to watch. Yeah, it was incredibly warm. Yes.
0: No, Basil, will you please show Miss Gordon the telephone in the hall? Of course, your ladyship.
1: The other dude... Did you, I assume you looked up who the other guy was. Uh,
0: yeah, it was Rudy Valley.
1: Yes, who was a
0: big time music guy. Sang songs and. He whatnot. was a
1: heartthrob way before heartthrobs were a thing in the 20s and mm. 30s. Did you want to sing one of his songs? Oh,
0: uh, look, I would love to, but we don't have time, Nick. we got to press on. Now, of
1: course, I know Rudy Valley from the Fleischmann's Yeast Hour. From 1929. Ah, uh, the old classic Fleischman's uh, Yeast Hour. <laughs> I believe they discussed the different kinds of yeast.
0: Yeah, that was a show which it was just so popular. People just said it just infected the hearts and minds of everyone. Yeah. Have you seen The Ref? Uh, with one uh, Dennis... Uh, I can't of his name. Miller. Uh, Leary. Leary. Not Leary. Yeah. De- the old Dennis Miller Leary Glynnis, the Miller Leary clan. Glennis Johns is in that. Really? She? she plays an, an old lady. Okay. She's also apparently in While You Were Sleeping. Your favourite film. Ah, uh, look, your favourite film and mine. The Mistresses. A Duchess. How'd you do? Kit. How'd you do? Daisy. How'd you do? Rosamond, How'd you do? Of whom really accomplished nothing in this episode except for kidnapping Robin at one point. And I saw the way that it was, like, four girls, five, when they all surrounded young yeah. Robin. It was just further proof to me that Robin is f- useless.
1: Well, I... I started to feel a little bit sorry for him because these women were after him. They wanted to break a piece off of him. This they wanted, they were going to tear him apart. Gosh, what marvelous threads! Whoa!
0: This feels like a very MRA approach, a very MRA textual <laughs> attitude. What would you expect Robin to do in those circumstances? I would expect him to raise his hand and say, Bobby, Bobby, please come and help. And find like a police officer to come and assist him in such a moment. I mean, he's a young teenage man. He can't fight like other young women. Like it's not very becoming. But it. But if you were in trouble, you call a police. They officer. They weren't ever. trying
1: to hurt him. They were. They wanted to have. Um,
0: wait, wait, wait. They wanted you, to
1: be intimate with him.
0: I don't think that's true. They were the way they were groping him. Oh look, I mean, they were and just touching his face.
1: They were talking about how. Um, what was the expression they kept using? Some version of he's the bee's knees or whatever, but it's very
0: lustful. Well, he's the boy you wanted, Nick. But how and how old is this boy again? Well, 15? No, okay, this is one of the issues I had with the episode, which is that Robin, of whom is old enough to be driving a car uh, without an assistant within the car, so he drives around in his red uh, Corvette. What is that car? Yeah. He's got his car. Batman bought it for him at the beginning of the season. So he's got to be 15 or 16, I'm I think. Fi- is what, the- what's the driving
1: age in Gotham it's, City. I would, I would assume 16. Yeah, let's say 16. 16 is pretty standard across America, except in the um, farming states where you're allowed to have a car earlier because... Tractors. Yeah, you're driving tractors.
0: Yeah, and totally fair. But this is the thing. So at one stage, uh, Batman ends up advising Robin that he needs to stay outside of the bar because of the licensing issues are a lot more strict in Londonium.
2: Boy, of your age is not allowed in a drinking town.
0: But this is the thing, like, if you go to London, you can find teenagers in bars everywhere because the licensing restrictions aren't as so strict over there. Yeah, that's right. Their drinking age is younger. is 18. Yeah, like, the U.S. are really restrictive in terms of young people entering, like, drinking establishments. That's why there's so much alcohol poisoning in colleges. Yeah, this is the problem. Where kids don't really have the understanding as to consumption levels. Whereas in London, I mean, they certainly love a drink over there. Yeah. But yeah, it's not restrictive. So a sixteen-year-old can go into a bar. Oh, I don't know if that's true. Not sure if that permits a drink. Is that true? I mean, in the in-betweeners, I saw them drinking a fair bit in bars, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, I've brought children into pubs here. But this, is, like, there's no reason why Batman couldn't have taken Robin into the pub. He just oh, he just couldn't get a drink. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I see. I, I see your point. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Hmm. Well, Batman's. Whereas in the US, I think they're a bit more restrictive about that, aren't they?
1: That someone underage can't set foot in. Yeah, maybe. That's what I thought. I I never
0: really saw kids in Cheers. Except from the very first episode.
1: Yeah, I guess there never were. Everything I know about American drinking life, I got from Cheers.
0: Yeah, I learned it all from Cheers and Frasier. There's a lot of farces taking place in the US right now. Come on, Nick. What are you thinking about? I'm listening. I was going to ask you. um, Were you going to ask me what it means to say that Batman's up against a sticky wicket? Because I don't feel comfortable answering that. <clears throat> I've heard that before. I've heard the sticky
1: wicket thing. I haven't heard he looks like a slow bowler to me. Have S- you
0: heard? Had you heard that? Slow bowler. That's just locker room talk.
1: Yeah, but sounds like it. Does that mean he's? Um, I- I've never heard that phrase in my oh, life. Oh, all right. Yeah. Um, I thought you loved cricket. Uh, I assume that's a cricket reference and not a ten pin bowling reference. If
0: it was a ten pin bowling reference, I would be right across that. Um. How many British superheroes can you name? That's a really good question. Uh, Not many. Would
1: it help if I asked you how many British superheroes from the 60s you could uh, name? Or does that make it harder? I suspect probably even harder. Valiant? You heard of that? Sure. I'll believe it's a character (laughs) that exists. That's a comic book. Tiger? Sure. Another comic book. Um... Did you ever watch the- I don't know if they count as superheroes. Did you ever watch the Avengers? Uh, with Mr. Steed and Ms. Peel. Yeah. Never heard of them. Right. My favorite British superheroes from the 60s are, of course, Purple Hood, Miracle Man. Miracle Man I've heard of. Typhoon Tracy. I don't know Ms. Typhoon Tracy. I think it might have been a man. Um, Mr. Gizmo. Nah. Yeah, these are all real British superheroes from the 60s. in
0: comics. That's comic kind of- I mean, you could talk about, say, like Judge Dredd, but I wouldn't call him a superhero, exactly.
1: Why is Judge Dredd Sylvester Stallone, who is American, in the movie if he's a British superhero?
0: What's going on there? Well, I don't know that Judge Dredd is necessarily British in that he comes from England, but he's a character that comes from English comic books.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Because the character's from Mega City, which I don't think is necessarily geographically located. Well, it's a real place. Well, I mean, it will be. Do you know what was going on
1: in England in the in November 1967? Uh, I'd presume probably quite a few good things. Well, um, horse racing events were called off due to the foot and mouth disease outbreak. Really, that's not a good thing. That was on the 28th of November, a few days after this episode. Air, these episodes aired, and on the 30th of November, British troops left Aden, which they had occupied since 1839, enabling formation of the new Republic of Yemen. Fascinating. Yet there is nary a reference in these episodes.
0: Well, in fairness, production cycles being what they were, they couldn't necessarily predict the events that would take place after this episode was broadcast. <laughs> That's fair Fair enough. Mm. Question for you, just on the idea of, you know, uh, British-American cultural exchanges. Mm. One of my favorite tropes in any TV series is when the characters from a show do go overseas somewhere. So I was looking forward to seeing Batman and Robin over in Londonium. Yes. My question to you American sitcoms where your characters went over to London. What are your favorites? Um, On Friends. Doesn't Ross get married, about to get married in England? I believe you're right. I think that's a thing that happened. Um, I recall a handful of episodes where the cast from Married with Children were in the UK. Oh, boy. Hilarity definitely ensued. I
1: do not remember that. Is that one of your? So you're saying that's one of your favorites?
0: Well, I mean, favorites is definitely a loose term here. Isn't there an episode of Becker in th- <laughs> uh, The other thing that came to mind for me was the Family Ties movie. What? Where they went to London. And I believe, and it's been a number of years since I've seen this, one of them gets confused for being a spy and there's a whole thing with jewels involved. But what was interesting about it was it wasn't episodes from a TV show, rather it was like the Family Ties movie where it was all filmed away from like a sitcom soundstage but rather was filmed like a proper movie. Really? It's like them out on it. was the Keesons out and about in merry old England. Did he get a theatrical release? I have no idea. I just know I've seen it as like a midday movie on Seven a number of times. This week in the voiceover guy
1: being a, a super creep, we had him referring to the young women, to their young student bodies. Mm. And when... Uh, for that. When, uh, what's her face, when Barbara Gordon changes into Batgirl... He describes
0: her tantalizing transformation into Batgirl. Now, I wasn't entirely sure he said tantalizing, so I did backtrack on that line a couple of times. What did you think he said? I thought he may have said titillating. No. He definitely said tantalizing. Either way. Yeah. Either way, that's pretty bad. Well, tantalizing is less bad.
1: So, while
2: Barbara Gordon begins her tantalizing transformation into Batgirl, Yes. But
1: it's still sexualizing Batgirl. Now, as you may or may not know, I'm a huge fan of cartoonish British accents. They um, show up in all manner of entertainments. Jim Carrey does it in Batman Forever.
2: Batman? Batman, you say?
1: I guess it's typically an American doing it. John Lithgow does it in The Crown. And the job of drawing that line falls to Cabinet, ma'am, not to you. My favorite of all time is one of the kings in Sleeping Beauty does an over-the-top British accent.
2: won't have it you're a prince and you're going to marry a princess a lot of that
1: kind of thing and rudy valley did a great one in these episodes and i i I just had a good time with it i loved it make that two graves we may need a second one for robin the boy wonder (laughs) (laughs) yeah i had a really good time with it did you notice at the end of the first episode when um, Barbara Gordon brings the, pa- the smoking package in and Batman says, it? yes, it is about to explode? Better all stand back. He says it so nonchalantly. I thought either he's on lewds or he uh, I, I just seemed like a crazy
0: line reading. You Did you he, notice that at all? I didn't notice. I thought maybe he was just so incredibly jaded as a superhero by this point <laughs> that maybe it's just like, whatever, man. That's how it came across. It was very strange. Mm. I did notice that right at the uh, conclusion of part one, where the Batmobile is smoking as they pull into the faux bat cave in, you know, merry old England, Londinium, that's the cliffhanger of the episode. I load up the next episode, and then suddenly they're just in the British commissioner's office. They literally just walked away. Yeah. Like, they're really not putting any effort into these cliffhangers
1: (laughs) anymore, are they? No, man. It was very strange. (laughs)
0: Now, Nick Bussain, we've got a very special Batman Land uh, little treat for people of whom have persevered through the British episodes this far. Last week, there was a very notable uh, occasion that took place in the world of Batman. Uh, this was in the comics, in the Batman comics. There's the Batman series written by Tom King, and for the last couple of years, they've been building towards a wedding within the Batman comics. Batman, the Dark Knight himself, was going to marry Catwoman, the um, feline... Feisty feline. The feisty feline of crime. Yeah. Anyway, they were going to get married. And in full costume. A, in full costume. Issue 50 was going to feature the wedding. Came out on Wednesday, Thursday afternoon, our time. King's Comics, okay, which is a comic shop here in Sydney, they decided they were going to tap into the enthusiasm around the Batman wedding. And they held a wedding in their store with two regular customers from the store, dressed as Batman and Catwoman, getting married. It was an actual wedding that took place. The celebrant was a official, like, legally licensed celebrant. Wait, the two people were actually married in the comic book store? It was, I believe, a binding wedding, although, in fairness, they were actually renewing their vows. It wasn't like a fresh wedding. All right. And they were in full costume. They were in full costume.
2: For its love that brings us all together here tonight,
0: the love between the cat and the bat. Uh, So I'm in the back room here of King's Comics with Siobhan Coombs. Now, Siobhan, people would remember, as a former Batman Land guest star.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What episodes did we do? Do you remember?
2: Oh, God. It was like a grandma-style <laughs> villain.
0: Uh, I think it was Mar Parker.
2: Yes, that was yes? the one, okay. Parker. Okay,
0: yeah. Classic episode. Who could forget? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Siobhan has this very unique thing happening this afternoon where you've organised for some people to come in and get married on the day that Batman and Catwoman are also getting married in the comics. Yes. How has this come about? (laughs) I don't
2: understand. (laughs) Well, we found out a couple of months ago that Batman and Catwoman would be getting married, and I just thought this was like a really nice opportunity to do something different and see if any of our customers wanted to get married in costume
0: okay so how do you put the question out
2: i literally put that question out on facebook and (laughs) waited for responses and
0: how long does it take in what sense like just in terms of you put it out there are you like looking at the clock immediately and three minutes later someone gets in contact
2: it was pretty quick i was like (laughs) not sure if anyone was actually going to respond but i had about three responses in the first day and i just picked my favorite couple
0: you had three responses yeah because I'm thinking about my own sort of relationship with, mm-hmm. like, my lady. We're getting married in a couple of months' Congratulations. time. And if I had suggested that we get married <laughs> in a comic book store, dressed maybe as Batman and Catwoman, I don't think it'd be happening.
2: Yeah. Look, she'd have to be a very understanding lady, I think.
0: Yeah. And she's not that understanding. <laughs> So you knew both people, uh, both members of the couple.
2: Um, they're customers with us, yeah. and they're cosplayers, and they were talking about renewing their vows. So they were actually already married; it's just a vow renewal. But we've yeah. got a celebrant anyway, and they thought it sounded like a cool, fun idea.
0: And everyone who got in contact, were they all renewal, or was there- no?
2: There were some people who were actually <laughs> interested in getting married, but we couldn't quite live up to their. Basically, we couldn't fit enough people in the store. That's
0: fair enough, because I'd have friends and family. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, yeah, 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 Well, I'm excited to meet the couple. Hell yeah. Yeah. So,
2: ladies and gentlemen, I give you the cat and the bat.
0: <laughs> Getting married in the comic book store, was this always the dream?
2: Look, you know, after I got married in a castle in medieval outfits, I think anything goes, really, as long as it's fancy dress. <laughs>
0: Uh, Now, how long did it take between the offer going out on Facebook to you accepting that you wanted to get married in a comic book store?
1: It was just a couple of days. I I saw it,
0: and then asked, checked with you, and you were like, yep, and then straight away, wrote a little application, put photos in, said, we do this. Didn't require any convincing?
2: Oh, for me? Oh. Well, I did sort of go, seriously? And then I'm like, hell hell yeah, it's fancy dress and it's Catwoman, like, you know.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And you're not a huge Catwoman fan generally?
2: Um, I am of the modern Hallie Berry and Michelle Pfeiffer. So they're just so sexy. I, I was like, if I can dress up like them, that'd be great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and are you a Batman guy? Yes. most yeah. awesome of night. So let's hear it for love. Let's hear it for family and friendship. For marriage anniversaries, let's hear it for Kevin and Sonya! Hurrah! Hurrah! <laughs> All then. That sounds amazing. It was look, it was a very fun, just ridiculously, just amusing occasion. I think everyone had a great deal of joy and were highly exuberant about the whole thing. Anyway, Nick, Messine, scene, we do like to wind up Batman Land with the lessons we've learned from the Cape Crusader himself. So what have you got, Governor? And we talked about it already, but I learned that the best way
1: to cross the Atlantic Ocean in 1967 was definitely a large
0: boat. No plane. Boat. Yeah. I learned that all commissioner's offices look exactly the same.
1: Yeah, that's right. That was an
0: important lesson. Mm. I mean, not exactly the same. It was slightly differently dressed, but the architecture
1: was yeah, all yeah. the same. The basic, the basic blueprint.
0: Yeah. Nick scene. let's get out of Batman Land for another week. Uh, We'll be back next week talking about the third part of this epic three-part story, where we will say goodbye to Aunt Harriet, which is definitely a... I'm not looking forward to saying goodbye to that lovely woman. Nor am I. We are introduced to another member of Alfred's family next week, so strap yourself in for that. But more importantly, once we get past the horrors of the third episode of this three-parter, We've got something really cool happening on Batman Land, which is we're introduced to a brand new Catwoman, which is Eartha Kitt, entering the series as Catwoman. That is exciting, very exciting. Now, I haven't seen any of these episodes since I was a kid, so I'm very keen to see how this fits in the show, because one of the things, and you and I have agreed on this quite heavily, one of the great performances in the show is Julie Newmar as Catwoman. And so I'm like slightly apprehensive about the idea of another actress stepping into the Catwoman role. Because Julie Newmar, I think, is just fantastic. She really is the standout performance in the show. She is really great. But from what I remember, Eartha Kitt, I think mainly because the
1: Catwoman character is also, is, is just pretty great. And I think she makes a lot more um, use of
0: the purring, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's the vague collection I have as well. Which um, I'm really into. <laughs> Hold that thought, Nick. Until next week, remember, Batman airs every Friday night with quote-unquote new episodes at 7.30 on Fridays. There are episodes that we've discussed here already on Batman Land, and they are in Monday through Thursday nights, and I believe that's at 6 o'clock. Anyway, there's a lot of Batman on SBS of Iceland in the early evenings, which is, I think, a good thing, quite frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. Nick saying you and I will be back next week to talk about the third chapter of this and the oh couple 1 episode. Oh, my God. It's gonna be so tense. Oh, it's gonna be something. That'll be at the same Batman Land time, the same Batman Land channel. Until next time.